bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. Welcome to the podcast. Michelle and I started this podcast to talk about the AAF and the Memphis Alliance. And today we have uh, quite a little buffet, a little smorgasbord of different news items. I am Daniel, accompanied by Michelle. What up? And let's get started. Let's do it. Okay, so the first thing I kind of want to just get out there is we actually have somebody, uh, another team member. I don't know how to describe it, but we have somebody helping us out with the uh, the website. We do? Yeah, Isaac. Yes, I know. Isaac. We, we talked about him. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm being facetious. I do know Isaac. And it's exciting to bring on another person to help us out with the things that I don't want to do. And yeah. Dan, I don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. Isaac has a background in sports writing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he covers uh, he covers anything in Memphis. This guy is a Memphis fanatic. Yeah, so it's great to have him on our team. Yeah, so he's going to be doing some write-ups on the players and just doing some writing for the website. And then when the season starts, he'll be doing some analytics. And we don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but we know he's an expert in his craft. And he's a great addition to the show. I'm excited to have him. As well as the overall, whatever it is you want to call what we're doing here. Because it's more than a podcast. Definitely. But now we're actually like growing the other aspects of it. More than a podcast. Isn't that a song? Not, I, don't, not a yeah, I really don't think it is. I... <laughs> Maybe not more than a podcast. <laughs> but there's like more than a something is the song. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what the hell she's talking about, please let us know. Just ignore me. What, what's next? I'm not done talking about Isaac. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Isaac. If you want to follow him on Twitter, his handle is at Isaac underscore rivals. And I'll also, as always, put that in the show notes. It's like stuck in my head. <laughs> is that going to be our new theme song? <laughs> Just you trying to come up with whatever song this is? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Something. I don't know exactly what it is or what it's going to be. So, but it's not directly related to the AAF other than that it's another spring football league. There's wait, wait, wait. We have another one. Another spring football league. This actually they're trying to start this February. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> what what movie is that from? I keep quoting things like Wait a minute, that. wait a minute, wait a minute. That's yeah. from the office. Whenever he's trying to make it a positive Meredith to the Alcoholics Anonymous or like the addiction center. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And she's outside saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so there's another spring football league? Yeah. In addition to the AAF and the XFL. Yeah, I'm very uh, cautious about this one. It seems like even just starting one new spring football league is ambitious because they haven't had wild success in the in the past. Right. So... I think the AAF I was nervous about because it was the second one that came onto the scene. XFL announced first. Right. But the Alliance has done a lot to show that they're taking this very seriously. And I think we've seen support from many other outlets that are taking this seriously as well. So that's why I believe in the AAF and the power and the success of it. But a third league, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And not only that, because like I don't have a problem with the fact that there's another league. I'm just really concerned about this one. So I looked at their website. They don't have, I haven't found any social media handles for them yet. No social media handles. Yeah. Their website looks like it was made back in the early 2000s. Wait, that's their website? This is their website. It's the APL, the American Patriot League. Oh. It's going to be 10 teams divided into two divisions. 
the Freedom Division and the Liberty Division. Oh my God, I'm puking. Okay. They're really playing to patriotism. No shit. And their flag resembles like the original American flag. But it's poorly designed website. They have former NFL players like the AAF, but they're guys that I've never heard of. And you can sign up for media inquiries. But when I do, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, okay, so you said they're wanting to start this February. Yeah, and they just announced on the 9th. You know, like we said in last week's episode with Nathan, and if you guys didn't listen, I would go back and definitely check out that episode. We talked to Nathan Shackelford, um, an agent. Anyway, we were talking about how it helps everyone when there's more leagues. It leads to more competition. Players get a, a shot. You know, there's so many good ones that are missed out because the NFL has so few spots. We're all about more leagues. It just doesn't seem like, I don't know. I'm not taking that seriously, but I'm I'm just a fan. I don't know. What do you think? I think that the AAF isn't enough to like give everybody a fair shot. Definitely not. Yeah. With the XFL, you know, that they that could be enough. I got, I'm not opposed. I mean, because there are plenty of football leagues. You know, you got the Arena Football League, the Indoor Football League. You've got CFL, the Rivals Professional League. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of football leagues. So, I don't think it's a matter of saturation as much. Well, there is saturation for Spring League. Why not Summer? Or why not something to compete with the NFL? I mean, yeah, it seems like that it's a lot for Spring. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> So I don't know. I And it'd be different if it seemed like they were taking themselves seriously. It's just like they didn't. It doesn't look like they invested in a graphic designer or a web developer. It's already October and they're looking to launch at the end of February. And we're talking about the AAF is still feel we feel like they're behind. Yeah. And they're start and they've been doing this March, yeah. April. I mean, yeah, it's, since March. Right. And and I how do you feel about the name of the league and the divisions? Does it gross you out? I, I love you know, yeah, I mean, I love America. I'm, you know, I feel fairly patriotic. I'm going to vote on November 6th. But there's like, it's a matter of, it, it just seems like too much. And I think they're really playing to, they're catering to the fan base that is upset with the protest in the NFL. Oh. So I feel like that's really who they're driving towards. Just a brief synopsis. It's a spring league that starts at the end of February that runs through the summer and the championship game is on July 4th. Again, playing to patriotism and America. It's a 16-game season with five playoff games, including the championship that's played on July 4th. It was announced on the 9th, and the first tryout camp is in Little Rock, Arkansas, on October 27th and 28th. That's quick. Well, if you guys are players and you're listening and you want a shot, there's this league, and the 27th and 28th is coming up soon. Yeah, so if you're looking just to play anywhere, I mean, this could be, it could be an option. Well, and again, like we talked about with Nathan last week, the AAF is filling up. I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. full from what he said. So if you're looking to play and you need some some tape and some recent stuff, then yeah, check it out. Yeah. And depending on what their contracts are, like it wouldn't hurt if there's an out clause, because I feel like the AAF is more viable at this point. I definitely agree. And even the XFL. So it just kind of depends on what their contract would be like. You know, can you sign with them and then let's say training camp starts for the alliance and you get a call can you get out of your contract to play for an alliance team there's the information do with it what you will i wonder what the team names are going to be i have a feeling there's i mean they might go with a that's definitely a song (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I've got a feeling about a podcast. No, no, no. All right. So back to the Alliance, which is what we're all about. Hell yeah. Ticket sales should be starting up sometime this month. Hell yeah, bro. Very soon. They're working out the logistics of how it's going to work out. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to do their research and make sure that it goes well and that it's seamless and easy to buy tickets. And yeah. And also uh, uniforms should be being released soon, I think. I'm really excited about this. We've seen some concept stuff floating around Facebook groups and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hoping for is, what was it? A red jersey, a blue helmet and red pants, a white pants. Yeah, white pants. I think I'm torn on the helmet because I feel like the red on red of the logo and the helmet is too much. Yeah. But the blue just doesn't seem to go. Yeah. And it, I agree with you. I think that a red jersey and a red helmet is too much red. But I think I don't know. I just really want a red jersey and white pants. I guess I don't really care about the helmet. Yeah, I think I'd be OK with the blue helmet. I'm just thinking in the NFL, like I feel like for the most part, the helmets aren't color matched to the jersey. Are they? I, I mean, the Niners have a gold uh, helmet and red jersey. That's true. So, like, the helmet is their secondary color and their jerseys are... I just love the Niners jerseys. Oh, yeah. The, the, their <laughs> uniforms. They just look so classic. And I yeah, love red and gold. Crisp. Oh, they're just so works. cool. So, what are your thoughts on matte versus glossy helmets? So, I personally, like, I like the matte look. Yeah. I'm not sure about having all eight teams with a matte helmet, but I definitely want Memphis to have one. Y- and you- Birmingham. Well, yeah, I definitely think Birmingham should. What if they came out with like this glossy, glittery mess? Uh, I'm not okay with glitter. I know you are. <laughs> no, no, no. But like even the, the Niners that we said that we love so much, they have glitter gold. It, it depends. Because like the gold works as like a glitter finish. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about having like a red helmet or a blue helmet with a glitter. See, but when I think about like a classic car, I love those. And I know mm. that I love glitter, but I think those glitter finishes like you're talking about on like a classic car looks so cool. So I think that would look really cool for Memphis. Yeah, yeah it definitely could work. And it's probably going to be universal because the way they did their logos, it's all a similar look. So I imagine the uniform is also going to have like a uniform style with you, just different colors. You think? Probably. I mean, if we're looking at what they've done so far. I don't know. But I mean, they had some like stock kind of photography on their website up until recently. Okay. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put images to what we're looking at in the show notes. But like based on what they put out, like I think they're a good design. The only thing I don't want is... The same color jersey and pants. To me, like, I don't like that. I think that is an amateur look. Yeah. I mean, you see that in college and unfortunately with the Saints all the time. But like, just. But for some reason, the Saints, it works. Not to me. Okay. Whatever they do, like the all black. Not not a fan. I like it. But I like the <laughs> Saints. So. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the Saints. I just don't like their look. But you like the color rush. I do because it's not the everyday it's a nice little like change of pace. Oh, okay. Like a vintage, but different. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Like I like the Niners throwback uniforms, but I wouldn't want them to play that every game. Nope. Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> not their black ones. That's not their throwbacks. I, I... <laughs> Moving on. Something we're going to talk about more in depth probably next week, but the, the teams are announcing coaching hires. Do we know anything about who was hired? Yeah, they so Memphis has hired six people. Holy shit. 
So welcome to the Alliance. Yeah. And we'll go more in depth later on once they actually have a chance to uh, look into them. Okay. Because they were just announced like yesterday. So just quickly, Dennis Thurman will be the defensive coordinator. Okay. Tom Mason will be the linebackers coach. Alrighty. Matt Singletary is a defensive line coach. That name sounds familiar. Very familiar. I, mean, I, I just can't quite place it, you know? Hmm. David Lee is going to be the quarterback coach. Okay. And Ty Knott will be the running back slash special teams coach. Ty Knott. That's 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 uh, ripe for a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy thinks he's Captain Knots. Thinks he's Captain Ty and Knots. When everyone needs some Knots tied, they go to him. <laughs> I, I feel like his parents knew what they were doing when they uh, when they named him. Huh. I don't. I don't, don't know if they did him any favors, but hey, he's a coach in the uh, in the Alliance, so he's doing well for himself. Do you think he's a Boy Scout too? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, and I hope like tying knots was like his Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil. The irony of it. Moving on, unless you have something to add to that. Nope. <laughs> so the alliance has also hired a director of nutrition. Okay. Not sure exactly what that would be, but I, it's exciting to see that they are taking nutrition seriously. Yeah, I wonder if this is a position that exists within other sports leagues that we just don't ever hear about because it's not, you know, like a head coach or something flashy. But yeah, it's not the glamorous position. Right. It's something important. Yeah. And I just remember watching an episode of Hot Ones and bought with Von Miller. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about like the one piece of advice that he would give new players is hire a personal chef. Because nutrition is just so important. Yeah. I mean, when you're a, a professional athlete, you have, I mean, your body is obviously the most important thing. And what you put in it is paramount to your success as, you know. If you want to reach that peak performance, like you have to have the right fuel, not to get too cliche, but I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. And to have the Alliance bring on a nutritionist to help these players, that's really cool. So her name is Amy Goodson. Okay. And I'll put a link to her uh, website as well as her Instagram account. All right. So you can check her out and see what she's all about. wonder if we can get her on the show. That'd be awesome. So I know that I've talked about our conversation with Nathan uh, a couple times already this episode. But one thing that we talked about before the interview started was practice squads. Mm -hmm. So like in the NFL, the each team has a practice squad of 10 players that they can, you know, bring up, you know, they practice with them, they know the playbook, they know the system, and they can bring up to cover in case a player goes down with injury and they don't have, you know, somebody to replace them or they need more depth. Right. It's their backup. The alliance isn't going to have a uh, practice squad. Which was shocking to me. Yeah, cuz it's it feels like you'd want to have that, but the other hand, it's only a 10-week season, so like the risk of injury and the need of depth isn't as great. But it's still there. And now that I'm thinking about it, the way that the alliance is set up is, okay, so the NFL, each team is owned independently. Right. And the league is made up of these independently owned teams. Yes. But with the alliance, it's one central thing. Yeah, one organization. Right. They're all, all the teams are owned by the organization. So it would make sense financially to not have a practice squad, too. Yeah, you save that money. Right. They're trying to be viable. We're trying to make this last for a long time. And one way to do that would be to cut this thing. Because, I mean, how often really does a player come from a practice squad and actually play? I mean, how often are right. they actually used? Not not often. But on the other hand, I tweeted about this, and I think it was a Bleach Report, but somebody mentioned it. Adam Thieland is one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. He came from the practice squad. Really? Yeah. So there is that like 
that one percent chance of something happening Mm -hmm. but like really it's just like another chance for guys to have an opportunity right but there are some sort of like backup lists kind of a unofficially official something like that yeah there's uh, i don't know exactly how it's going to work but each team is going to have like a ready list of players that they can call up so i don't know how that's going to differ you know having this ready list uh compared to just being able to call a free agent and sign them i think it's kind of like you're on our list kind of it's it's they're not hired kind of like a handshake with the player yeah it's kind of like a um unofficially like you're You've got a spot. If something happens, we'll call you kind of thing. Whereas like a free agent's just like waiting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it gives a little more assurance to the player that they have a better opportunity. And then that just kind of leads into the fact that, you know, we have training camp starting in January. Mm -hmm. And one of the things like, you know, like you said, a lot of the rosters are pretty much full, Mm -hmm. but that could change come training camp. Because we really don't know for a lot of these guys that are getting signed if they're still in football condition. Yeah, a lot of them haven't played in a while. Yeah, they, they're probably getting signed based on their college performance or past performance. Right. And not necessarily anything current. And they're just signing because like they were a great player. Right. And now they're making a comeback. So there's a good chance that some of these guys aren't going to make it through training camp just because they haven't like stayed in shape. They're not ready. Yeah. So be patient if you're looking to get on a team. Yeah, there's still a chance. I know that's hard to hear. I, like a lot of these guys, they're just so driven. They're so passionate and they're ready to get back on the field. Yeah, I can't imagine how hard it would be to grow up and work so hard for this and to just see it not happen. Yeah. When you know that you're so skilled and, and you can do it, it would be it would be really hard. Yeah, so it's it's tough to like hear, just be patient, but... You know, there's still opportunity. Like, don't give up yet. And there's the APL coming up. So (laughs) (laughs) if nothing else, maybe they'll make it. Actually, I have a feeling they won't even make it to like the first uh, like opening game. I don't I don't know, man. Hopefully they do. Like, hopefully, you know, more football is better. Sure. But speaking of, you know, that drive, that motivation, that desire to get back on the field. Our player interview today is with Jacob Park. All righty. He's a quarterback for Iowa State. Oh, wow. Really good player. Yeah. Division one school, yeah, big name program, and he stepped away from the game because he had a daughter. Oh, and just in college, we talk about it a little bit on the interview, but it's like being so young and having the pressure of millions of people watching you play every week, and then Monday morning comes around and just have like everything you do critiqued, and then add like a new kid to that mix. I have a lot of problems with college sports, I feel like they take advantage of the players. Yeah. These players don't get anything for what they do. I mean, an education kind of, sort of. Yeah. But really, they they get the short end of the fucking stick. And these coaches get millions of dollars. These schools, ESPN. Money. I mean, there's so much money in college sports and these players get nothing. Yeah. So I think if the players are treated more fairly, and I think we see that in this episode, is that he wanted so badly to play, but he wasn't set up for success. I mm-hmm. mean, he just couldn't manage it all because who can? Yeah. But without further ado, let's get into the interview with Jacob. All right. All right. So I got Jacob Park with me. He's a quarterback out of Iowa State, top 10 at his position in the 2014 recruitment class, ESPN top 300, an insane player off the field. He's got hair that rivals Troy Palomalu and swagger that rivals Deion Sanders. Jacob, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. So first off, do you still have that hair? 
Because that that was little, that was pretty awesome to see. Uh, actually, I don't, to be honest. Rather, uh, uh, rather disappointed I cut it, but oh uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the only reason I had you on the show, so I guess we can just end it there. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about kind of what you've been doing uh, after college. Well, I, I have a family, so I have a daughter, so I've been at back home working and training. I got a few other friends that are trying to get into this alliance. So we're back here all training together. Tyler McDonald, one of the receivers, he came out of Miami, played at South Carolina State, went to my high school. Uh, we train together quite frequently. On top of that, I've been working at uh, cleaning pools. Okay. Doing yeah. what you can. Yeah. Doing what you got to do, man. Yeah, exactly. So let's just kind of get into it. You played about a year and a half at Iowa State. And then your stats just kind of drop off. Can you tell me a little bit about what was going on down there? Yeah, so coming into the 2018 season, about a week before camp, my daughter was born on uh, July 20th. And then uh, after that, you know, after you have a baby, you can't really prepare for uh, what it does to you mentally. And then being a first-time dad is actually my first time coming into a season in college, being a starting quarterback. That's a lot of pressure. And uh, being a captain, it kind of got a little too much for me. The pressure got to me. And uh, I just needed to take a, a little time from the team. And a uh, little time ended up being the whole season. And then uh, one thing led to another. And uh, I ended up leaving. Not proud of it. Wish I didn't. You know, wasn't in a very good place mentally. It was a, it was a rough time. And I, uh, I ended up going from... You know, you talk about, you know, your social identity. You go from being a starting quarterback at a, a major university. And then, you know, two weeks later, you're pretty much a nobody. It's kind of hard to uh, it's hard to deal with mentally, you know, on top of all the pressures of everything else. And uh, didn't handle myself the way I wanted to. Not real proud of the situation. And to be honest with you, I'm still uh, rather confused on what exactly took place. And I can't exactly give you the whole story, but. It was a snowball effect, and now I'm sitting here talking to you on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't even imagine just thinking, like, you know, my day-to-day -day life has enough stresses, but just imagine, like, all the pressure that comes with being a student athlete, especially, like, a high-profile or high-profile school. Yeah. Just, and especially, like, just being so young, you know, you don't have experience, a life experience right. that's really needed to kind of handle that kind of pressure. And then you throw, you know, a new family into the mix. and mm -hmm. Yeah, it was rough. You know, and, you know, everybody tells you you're never ready to have a baby, you know. And I'm a confident person. So, you know, everybody was telling me that. I was like, man, I got this. I got this. And when it came around, man, it was a whole other world. It's a whole other level of pressure. It's a whole other level of responsibility that you just can't, you can't walk away from. You know what I mean? So right. it, it, it got to me quick. It got to me quick. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And then just like with the way sports is, especially when you get to the higher level, it's uh it's a fickle thing. Just yeah, as soon as you get out of the spotlight and kind of get out of people's mentality, it's one of those things that's like out of sight out of mind. Yeah, and I've been tr I've been actually uh that's become very real for me right now, you know, trying to get back into it. You almost become irrelevant in right. in the sports world, you know, when you're trying to you know, I almost just took some personal time for myself to make sure that I, I could get myself right to get back into football, you know, and 
now coming back into football, it's almost like a blank sheet for me. Like, okay, well, who's this guy again? Now you got to go through, you got to go through the whole process. You got to prove yourself again. You got to show everybody, you know, this one little slip up you had. Now just everybody questions whether you can do anything the right way. You know, it's, it's rather fascinating how it works with almost people's perception of you is reality regardless if their perception is reality if that makes sense yeah totally you know and it's it's been a real eye-opener for me that i have to take it into my hands to tell my story or no one will ever know the real story you know i'm gonna i wasn't a big advocate of posting on social media and showing people that i'm working out but you know, I've been talking to Tyler and a few people lately and trying to get back into this thing and almost create yourself and make yourself relevant again. You almost have to do those things. It's it's almost a necessity now. You know, if a team is interested in you, they want to check your social media account, make sure that you've been working out. You know, they want you every time you go work out, you almost have to post something. It's just it's something that I'm not used to. And I was always thought, you know, when I went through people's social media, like you have to show people you're working. I don't, I didn't really, it wasn't something that I respected. Now I kind of respect it and understand that it's just marketing yourself. I got to put myself out there more, almost recreate my image a little bit better, taking it one step at a time. It's a constant learning process with this thing. Yeah. At this point you had to turn into a salesman and sell yourself to these prospective teams. Right. Right. When when you're coming out of high school and you're getting recruited, you don't got to sell yourself because you're already sold, you know? It's almost like schools selling themselves to you when now you're coming into trying to get into the pros or on another team. It's the complete role reversal and you're selling yourself to them. Yeah. And then, you know, coming from, you know, a place like Iowa State, when you have millions of people watching you every week, it's easy for people to see what you're doing. Whereas now you're talking over, you have a blank slate. Well, it's even even worse because you don't have that kind of platform to showcase your talents. Yeah. I don't have as many resources for people to, you know, put my name out there. You know, my name's not a whisper like it used to be. You know, it's mm-hmm. nobody's really talking about how well Jacob Park's cleaning pools. <laughs> you know, it's just. <laughs> Which I'm sure you're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast. Yep, I hear you. Well, it's awesome that you still have that passion and that desire to play. What is it about the game that you love that you that, that draws you to it? It's the. The family aspect of it, it's the players, you know, the the camaraderie you have, the relationships you build with the players, the locker room, from the winter workouts to the practices. I miss the the process of it, you know. Or I don't miss the games as much as, you know, the practices, the meetings, the off-the-field work, the work when, you know, I call all my receivers and tell them, you know, let's go throw. That's the stuff I miss, you know, the perfecting my craft. That's what I miss. As far as, like, the games and stuff, that was like icing on the cake for me. I'm more of a fan of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff is what I miss. Yeah, all the unsexy stuff that people don't think about that you don't yeah, get credit for. Exactly. That and the, and the, and the boys, man. The team, that's the one thing I miss the most. And it's probably the one thing that I I needed through all of this more than anything was my team, you know? Yeah. I, I miss Iowa State every day. I cheer for them all the time. You know, I didn't really agree with everybody when I was there. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't on the best terms with some of the coaches or Coach Campbell, but my team, I miss going to war with them. I miss every day working out with them. I miss David Montgomery 
and Matt Eaton, you know, Keen Butler, Landon Akers. I just, I just miss hanging out with them boys. I miss sitting in the locker room. I miss going in there for an extra 30 minutes, you know, and you ain't got nothing to do. You go in there and hang out with your friends. I just – I miss the whole atmosphere, man. Watching film, breaking film down, talking about scheme, talking about play calls. Like, the whole thing that nobody sees behind the scenes, that's the part that I miss. What I don't miss is having everything you do, you know, magnified. You know, almost the, the fame, I almost – Wish I could play football and leave my helmet on. You know what I mean? To where when yeah, you yeah. leave and take it off, nobody really knows who you are. That I wish that part of football was a little. I, that's something I'm gonna have to learn how to deal with a little bit better. I just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, without the hair, you're less noticeable. So you got that going for you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's why I cut it. <laughs> That, that's definitely like one thing, you know, I've been doing, you know, quite a few of these interviews with players. And like one thing that seems to be a recurring theme is that camaraderie, that family that you have with your teammates. And that, that's awesome Man, to hear. There's nothing like it. I mean, I come home, you know, and everything we do, my friends get mad because um, I just, you know, I come out there and have a good idea for us to, you know, attack as a team. And, I, you know, I'm trying to give them what pep talk and them, every one of them looking at me like, Jacob, would you leave us alone? We're not a damn football team here. <laughs> and I was like, man, dang. <laughs> you know, every time I talk, they're like, hey, you got to go play football, man. We're not a football team. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Who is your dream coach? Like, who do you, like, see out there that's like, yeah, I want to play for that guy, whether it's in the AAF, the NFL, or somebody from the past? I've been looking into – I like Steve Spurrier. I really, I would really like to play for Steve Spurrier. One because I I get the, I got to watch him coach at South Carolina. I think he's a very laid back guy and knows his stuff. But I think he has the same passion for the game that I do. I think he would understand. You know, sometimes I get a little too into things, especially the game of football. You know, my passion for the game kind of could be mistaken as aggression sometimes, <laughs> if if that makes sense. And I think he would yeah. be somebody that would understand that. And on top of that. His mind for the game of football, I'd love to, I'd love to sit in there and have him teach me coverages and protections and stuff. I feel like he'd be a really good coach. I feel like we'd fit together well. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom about the game. So who is your all-time favorite player? Brett Favre is my all-time favorite player. Aaron Rodgers is my current favorite player to watch. I try to emulate my game around him. I pick his footwork a little bit. I just like his attitude when he plays the game. A lot like Brett Favre, and I, I'd like to play for Andy Reid. Oh I think, yeah, I think my 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 uh, tangibles and what I can do. I think me and him would fit very well. I think I play in his offense very well. Yeah, and just seeing what he's done with Patrick Mahomes, and just like what that team yes. has become is just insane. Yes, it is very fun to watch. Yeah, that's the football I like to watch. <laughs> Yeah, and just kind of watching your highlights compared to Mahomes, like you can see the similarities there just with the accuracy and just like the mobility. Like neither one of you are like, right. you know, Russell Wilson type players, but, but you're very elusive and just kind of, you know how to move around. Yeah, can extend the play, but I'm not necessarily, I'm not a runner, mm -hmm. but in the pocket and behind the line of scrimmage, it's it's hard to take me down. Yeah, and I guess that kind of goes back to Aaron Rodgers has that same kind of ability. You know, he's not mm -hmm. a Tyrod Taylor that's going to outrun you, 
but he's a hard guy to bring down just because he is so elusive in the pocket and can extend the play. Right. And then when I, and I, I train that when I'm out on the field, what I've learned, you know, playing through the years that I've played is that not many times do you get to set your foot, you know, three step hitch and throw the ball. It doesn't happen often. So what, you know, at the beginning of my workouts, I work fundamentals of just a three-step drop hitch throw the ball or a rhythm three throw the ball or rhythm five but as I work into my workouts and start throwing I tend to throw off platform a lot more than you know stationary throws because in games you know the games that I've played in and some of the best plays that I've made were completely off script and off platform running throwing off my back foot or you know rolling to the left flipping your hips to throw the ball so that stuff like that is stuff that I put into my training to make sure that, you know, those plays are plays that are high percentage because when you talk to a lot of coaches and you come into film rooms and you start talking game, they all, you know, they'll break it down and coaches want you to hit your back foot and let the ball go. They understand, you know, that plays can be extended, but if you don't prove and show them what over and over on film that you can make those plays and those plays go from low percentage plays to high percentage plays when you leave the pocket, that's when you make your money. You know, mm-hmm. when you get out the pocket, throw the ball. If he's not like, you know, if this should, if it's bad, just throw it away. If you get that trust of your coach of telling you, you know, when you get out the pocket, you got, we trust you, you know, you're comfortable out the pocket, just let it ride. That's, that's when you can really be special as a player, especially when you got the tangibles that a Patrick Mahomes has or someone like me. When you when you got confidence, your coach has confidence in you outside the pocket. We're already confident people in ourselves, but when a coach has more confidence in you, it just it's, it's you're almost unstoppable on the field. And I think you kind of see that play out with Patrick Mahomes this year because he's lighting it up. And there is a lot of those off script plays. And I don't know if you saw was it last week where he threw it with his left hand. Like what what is that? Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Dude, those, that's one of those plays I'm telling you. He's probably done a hundred times just playing around with his mm-hmm. friends. You know, like somebody rushes you and he flips it and throws it in his other hand. And he did it so many times he got comfortable. And, you know, it just became muscle memory. I know I I can bet you that if you talk to him about it, he didn't even think about it. He just did it. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that play was awesome. I watched it like a hundred times. Yeah. So... For all the coaches, whoever's listening, I'll give you 30 seconds. Why should they sign you? I got I got a lot to offer. I know reading some things about me may may turn you off a little bit, but if you look a little bit deeper and talk to a few people, you realize that, you know, uh, I think me personally, I think I'm one of the best in the nation. I've learned from my mistakes. I've been through a lot of adversity. I think I handle myself rather well. I'm a family man. I've I've limited the things in my life that down to work, football, and family, you know. And if football becomes work, then I have two things. And I, I haven't played my best football yet. I'm really looking forward to playing football again and getting back on the field. And my teammates that I've had in the past say I'm a good leader. I think I'm a pretty good leader. I'm willing to learn. I want to be taught. I'm just, you know, waiting for my chance. I'm itching. I'm ready to go. I love it. I love the passion. I love that dedication. I, lo- I love that energy. And I, I hope you get a shot because, like I said, I'd love to watch you out on that field. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show, telling your story, you know, spending this time with us. If people want to connect with you online, where should they go? 
I just got all of my social medias back running. I got my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook. You can reach me at any of them. There is a few profiles out there that are fake of me. If you look up Jacob Park, if, if the picture does not have my daughter in it, it is not me. All right. And I'll be sure to, I'll get your real handles uh, from you and I'll put those in the show notes. So if you yeah. want to follow the real Jacob Park, check the show notes. I'll have links there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jacob, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, man. Anytime. So there you have it. That, that was Jacob. A really fun guy. Like he has a lot of passion and a lot of energy. I don't know. It was just a lot of fun to talk to. Hopefully he gets on an Alliance team then because it would be so much fun to see him play and mm-hmm. to see him given a real shot. Yeah. If nothing else, just like sign him so he can go to the QB camp and have a chance to showcase what he's got. I'm looking forward to this QB camp. Yeah. I don't think we'll get a chance to go, but I would love <laughs> it if we could. So anyone with the league, if you're listening. Yeah, let us know. So, you know, we'd love to cover it. That would be so fun. Because I think it's going to be in mid-November, I believe we heard. And where is it going to be? Do we hear that? No? Okay. I think we did. I just don't remember. Ah, uh, okay. So it's gonna, was it Houston? Sure. I feel like they're focusing on Texas because they have like better facilities or something. I don't know. But follow us on uh, social media and whatever we hear, we'll be sure to let you know. Definitely. All right, you guys. So this part I'm super excited about. We want to reach out to you and ask you about how we can turn our passion into excitement so that we're ready to go game day, day one. Let's do this. So we need a couple of things from you guys. You guys have helped us out before with naming our show and giving us hashtags. And in kind of the same vein as that, we need to come up with a fandom name. So we need to be like the Memphis Express fans, but other than fans, it needs to mm-hmm. be something Memphis, something cool. So we need a name of that. What else are we looking for? Uh, some, what, cheers and chants? Yeah. So this past May, Dan and I went to Portland and we got tickets to a women's soccer game. Was it the Portland? Thorns. Thorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was seriously the most fun sporting event I've ever been to. We were sitting by the fans or the like crazy fan section. There was colored smoke. There were drums. There were cheers. There was chants. Like, there was flags. It was amazing. And that is what made the entire experience. Yeah, there was like three people down front that was leading chants the entire game. Yeah. Like they did not stop. They were amazing. So that's what we need. That's what we're hoping to turn this into. We're going to go to the Liberty Bowl. We're going to take over this section and we're going to show up. We're going to show out and we need some help from you guys with that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so in addition to Chance and a name of our fandom, we are also looking for your suggestions on like music you want to hear, like yeah. Three Six Mafia. Justin Timberlake. Nope, nope. Stop right there. <laughs> can I play Three Six Mafia right no. now? Come on, please. No. Uh, do you have a good lawyer that can protect us in a lawsuit? I know people. All right, let's not do it. Coche, can you help me out? Jesus Christ. Three Six Mafia. You got to stay fly. I till you die. Um. So we need music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hit us up all over social media. Send us a message on the website. Just let us know, like, what do you see the Memphis fandom looking like? Yeah, I can't wait for this to take off because I know that you guys are just as passionate, if not more so, than we are. Yeah. Which also takes me into, we want to get together. Let's do a meetup. Let's hang out. Yeah. What We want to know what that looks like for you guys. 
I know before I've mentioned something casual, like just watching football on a Sunday together. But if you guys want to do something different, please let us know. Let's let, let's get this going. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Like we definitely want to have that presence whenever these other teams visit our home. We want to show them what real fandom looks like. And that's going to help the, the league as a whole be successful. And it's up to really it's up to the fans to make sure this is a success. Obviously, you know, the Alliance has to do their part, but it's really like if the fans aren't on board, hashtag all aboard, <laughs> <laughs> then it's not going to work out. And then we're not like, it's not going to survive. It's not going to be viable. It's not going to be around for years to come like we want it to be. Right. So that means we have to do show up. Yeah. And show out. Let's do it. Base paint and Smoke. war chants. Yes. War chants. <laughs> uh, the Kings would have been so cool for that. Oh, shit. What? We got to announce a winner. For? The giveaway. Oh, shit. So I've written everybody down, and I got them laid out. Okay. So, Michelle, pick a name. Not that one. Just kidding. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner is Nick. All right. So congratulations, Nick. You won. (laughs) Uh, We'll be reaching out. On Twitter, because I think that's where you uh, submitted your uh, entry. Yep. And we'll get your information. We'll send you some merch. Yeah. All right. So that's all we have today. Make sure you guys hit us up on social media, like we said, for all the fan stuff, meetups. And you can find all the information about all of our social media and the show notes. You have links to everything. MemphisAAF.com slash 12. Because this is the 12th episode. That's insane. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. So until next week, we out. This is why I wouldn't do well live. <laughs> <laughs>